Welcome in to its Utah as well. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle. Steve's still in Arizona. Hey, worth noting quickly, we have had uh, a few technical errors. So if, uh, if all of a sudden Steve's talking and he stops, uh, we, <laughs> we, we do apologize. It's, uh, it must be that Arizona internet, Steve. It's getting hotter down here, man. It's, it's starting to melt away the internet capabilities down here. It's crazy. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're safe and you're well. Uh, I know last time we spoke, it was beautiful down there in Arizona, as it always is. Up here, it was this time last week anyway, uh, earthquake in the morning, uh, snow throughout the course of the day. It's not that anymore, Steve. So when you come okay. home, I want you to know that it's like 70 degrees, 65 degrees and, uh, and sunny. So spring is hopefully here for good. That's good to hear, man. It sounds like those those beautiful Utah spring days. That's what it sounds like we're getting to. We'll cross our fingers it sticks around. We know Utah is a little uh, little crazy sometimes with the weather. It can go back and forth a little bit. Yep, a uh, little bipolar, which is yes. fine. You know, it's fine. Everybody has its issues. Utah has that. But uh, regardless, uh, Jordan Love was selected with the 26th overall pick going to the Green Bay Packers. I know he's not. Uh, a Utah football member or former Utah football member, but he is from the state and it is worth talking about because it did create a lot of buzz online. Arguably the most controversial pick from the entire first round was in fact that 26 that the Green Bay Packers used on love. And then we'll talk about Jalen Johnson, who was hopeful to get drafted during round one, didn't end up happening. Six cornerbacks taken ahead of him with a number of those cornerbacks, Steve, um, that weren't highly, as highly touted as Johnson was going into the draft. Um, so that's, that, that warrants a conversation. And then, of course, we'll talk about uh, the rest of the guys, where they may fall. Uh, and I know you, you've been pretty active on social media, uh, on Twitter, uh, sharing insights and uh, throwing a few facts out there. By the way, if you don't follow Steve, please do so. He's at sbartle247. But when you saw the Packers, Steve, pick up Jordan Love with their first-round pick at number 26. What was your immediate thought? Wow. Wow. I was, I was pretty surprised, but probably more surprised at how the coaches were reacting more so than anything. I, they, were, they were hyped. They were excited to, to pick up Jordan Love. So I think that says a lot about – their future at Green Bay and, and what they plan to do, but shocked because of who they have there already with Aaron Rodgers. Now, obviously, Green Bay has done this before with Aaron Rodgers himself, drafting him You know, while Brett Favre was in the, the twilight of his career. Um, you know, in terms of love, like, he's, you know, he's got some arm talent. Like, he's got a lot of it. It's just he's got a ways to go in terms of developing as a quarterback, but I was fairly surprised that he ended up going to Green Bay, but it makes a lot of sense once you kind of step back and and look at the situation and, and kind of review what they have and 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 you know just the roster makeup. But I was pretty surprised that that he went where he did. Yeah, I, and they moved up to get him as well. So they really mm-hmm. they were they were keen as mustard to get their hands on Jordan Love, and they were able to do so. Interestingly enough, so Brett Favre was thirty six when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers uh, at pick number twenty four. Aaron Rodgers, Steve, is thirty six when they picked up Jordan Love at pick twenty six. So. 
there's a bit of uh, do-do-do-do, as my mother would say, a bit, bit, uh, bit eerie, I guess. And um, I, I guess the way I thought about it, the, the longer I thought about it, I, I quickly realized, Steve, that Jordan Love could not be in a better position mm-hmm. uh, playing behind Aaron Rodgers. He needed it. You know, I thought maybe the, the Patriots were going to pick him up at number 23 and then they traded their first round pick and, and, and opted not to use. Um, they traded out of the first round, I should say. Um, and so, but I, I, I think Jordan Love needs to have a year or two, maybe three uh, behind somebody to, to learn the ropes. And as you mentioned, develop. And like, seriously, is there a better quarterback to, to learn from than Aaron Rodgers right now. Tom Brady's in his 40s. You know, he's been around. He's, not, he's, he's probably not going to be playing the best football of his career at Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers still has the ability to put on an absolute clinic, and Jordan Love will be able to sit right there on the bench behind him and, and, and try and soak it all up. Yeah, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the top, you know, one of the top quarterbacks that we've seen, you know, in in, in – the last little while, I, obviously he's got a lot of talent. You know, we can talk about his personality uh, and maybe that's not the the best fit for Jordan Love, but certainly just, you know, with him being there and playing at a level of still a high level of football, like he's going to have an opportunity to learn and it's going to take him two to three years, you know, to get where he needs to be in order to, you know, assume a starting role uh, in the NFL. But, um, but yeah, I think he's coming into an organization with Aaron Rodgers there that, you know, he'll, there's no pressure on him to be a guy anytime soon, um, which I think is, is ideal for him. So, uh, you know, good for him. You know, he's got a lot of talent. He's got a, a tough story, um, you know, and, and certainly a, a player that was polarizing to say the least, you know, in terms of his evaluations um, from going back to 2018 and, and comparing that film to his 2019 season, just uh, a very polarizing player, lots of talent, but he's got a lot of things to learn and a lot of, a lot of growth to make. And so uh, it'll be fascinating to see him over the next two to three years, but he's in a, he's in a good spot at Green Bay. Yeah, he is. The, the bottom line is that the Packers put Aaron Rodgers on notice. They didn't pick up for the 11th consecutive season a wide receiver in the first round. Aaron Rodgers has, has never had uh, the help of the Green Bay Packers when it comes to drafting skilled guys on the outside that he can throw the ball to, which I'm sure he is a rate over. I would have loved, Steve, I would have paid, I don't know, a lot of money to see the reaction of Aaron Rodgers when that pick came in um, because, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a whiskey drinker. Uh, if he had a glass, he would have topped that right off and probably uh, polished the entire bottle over the over the next thirty odd minutes during that time frame. But yeah, I, I, you mentioned the relationship concerns. It's a, it's a good point. It's a valid point because um, you know his 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 relationship with his brother, who took part on the show The Bachelor, has kind of sparked, I guess, some concerns from Green Bay fans and. And just the overall public, he's um, he's an interesting cat, old Aaron Rodgers. And so how he handles 
the uh, the introduction of Jordan Love when Love eventually uh, does is allowed to fly out to Green Bay will be fascinating. Hopefully, it all works out for both parties. Uh, but the Packers the Packers didn't get better immediately last night, which I think is a story in its own self. So um, Jalen Johnson, Steve was the Utah football hopeful, and uh, it didn't happen. They they drafted in the first round. There were six cornerbacks drafted ahead of Jalen Johnson. And who knows, there may be more because I know there's a fella out of LSU that's rather highly talented as well. So Jalen Johnson might be the eighth cornerback to be taken in this draft, hopefully uh, tonight. Why do you think he didn't get picked up in the first round? You know, it was pretty surprising as we were following along, um, you know, and I, I, going back to a lot of the mock drafts and, and a lot of draft analysts and talent evaluators, a lot of them had Jalen, you know, pegged in the early 20s to late 20s to teams like, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, the the uh, the, Oak, the the Las Vegas Raiders, the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like there were a number of, of organizations that could have used a cornerback and some of them ended up did uh, some of them ended up with a cornerback with their draft selection. But I think, you know, for Jalen Johnson, he's um, he's still one of the top talents remaining on the board. But I think despite his shoulder being cleared and good to go and, you know, he's uh, whatever that is, you know, the fact that, that he played for it, we as, as fans kind of look at that as, a big impressive feat that he was able to play the entire season, you know, with a torn labrum, um, you know, and he competed at the combine with it as well. But for NFL owners, for general managers, like that are investing, you know, the amount of money that they are in these players, that shoulder is a bit of a red flag. And I think that is what cost Jalen more than anything else he's got all the talent and ability and athleticism um to to be one of the best cornerbacks in in the national football league um but it's it's just that shoulder and i think that is is what cost him you know a chance at the first round some teams just weren't some organizations are so cautious with injuries that if there's any sort of red flag they'll just remove him from their board altogether. Like it's, it's amazing how, how detailed, but how cautious uh, and wary of risks and that kind of thing. These organizations are because it, it is a lot of money. And we talk about these guys signing for, for tens of millions of dollars. Like it's, it's no big deal, but that's still, that's still a lot of money and that's a big time investment. And, you know, you want to make sure you're, you're getting the safest, surest, return on that investment and I think that above everything else uh is what cost Jalen you know a, a chance at the first round yeah and it's um it's a shame so it's worth noting that the the injury to his shoulder he had surgery if I'm not mistaken in March so not that long ago and I, I don't know why it took him so long to get that surgery done maybe there are other complications that they needed to sort out but it is um it is certainly a shame, and I guess Tua Tagovailoa, you know, the, the former Alabama quarterback who was drafted number five overall to the Miami Dolphins, he had a very severe hip injury that sidelined him for the latter half of the 2019 season, yet 
he was able to come back and uh, and be drafted as high as he was. So um, just, I guess, you know, fascinating conversation regarding injuries and the impact it could potentially have on uh, a player's draft stock. And Jalen Johnson, I think, found out the hard way last night that um, that, that injury did cost him uh, a bit of money, uh, but also, you know, the the uh, the first round nod. You know, it's always a it's a privilege to get drafted, but oh. uh, but when you're when you're hoping to get picked up in the first round, you don't. I'm sure it's a slap in the face. I I'll never forget Steve Lamar Jackson back in. Oh yeah, was that 2017? Now it's crazy how the time flies. But he was the last quarterback taken. He was the last player, if I'm not mistaken, in the green room. And he was slouched over on the table with his mum right next to him. He looked as though he's fallen asleep, just devastated. But as it turns out, it's not the be-all and end-all. And uh, depending on what team drafts you, you, um, you could be set up, as Lamar Jackson was, to have some serious success in the short term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and now, you know, where teams, you know, maybe that weren't willing to use a first-round draft pick on them, um, you know, he's he's going to be viewed as a high value commodity now that um, now that we get into rounds two and three, and and teams that love him, that covet him, that value his fit, um, you know, maybe they'll be more willing to to be aggressive and, and and draft him in in one of these two rounds that we'll see later today. So, and, and when you talk about that, that's going to be a great situation where he can go to an organization that values his skill set, that believes he'll be a tremendous fit in what they try to do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and for Jalen himself, like this is going to provide a major chip on the shoulder and he's always been one to. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You know, but, uh, but you know he's always been one that's that's been driven that that looks for ways to to prove doubters wrong and and I think this is just going to motivate him to you know prove the thirty two teams that that passed on him in the first round you know to prove him wrong and I, I'm excited to see what what it means for his career you know in the next couple of years to try and give i guess Utah fans out there that are disappointed or upset that they didn't hear Jalen's name called in the first round. Steve, you, you tweeted something that was fascinating yesterday, uh, late morning um, on April 23rd. You, you said since the draft in 2012, which of course was the first one uh, for Utah football in the Pac-12 era, Utah has had 24 draft picks, 14 of those 24 have come in the last three years. And, of course, there's a strong likelihood that Utah adds another seven to nine uh, uh, this this draft class, depending on how the next two days shape out. But um, you mentioned an incredible rise for Kyle Whittingham and the Utah football program. So, you know, yes, it's disappointing Jalen didn't get drafted, but the grand scheme of things is that Utah football will have a number of players drafted over the next two days. And since the Pac-12 era, they've had 24. It's, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and, and pretty impressive, you know, to have 24 draft picks, you know, in what amounts to, what, eight, 
eight drafts. So that's, I mean, you're averaging three a year. And over the last three years, there have been 14, uh, which is tremendous. That's nearly five per draft. And you're going to be adding, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, maybe more uh, to that number. Uh, And just, it speaks to the talent rise in the program and it speaks to the coaches really finding their groove as developers um, and as recruiters. Obviously, when you bring in more talent, you still got to be able to develop it. And so everything, you know, over the last three years has trended upwards and, and it's exciting because this is bringing a new talent level into the program. And so, you know, when you, you talk about Jalen Johnson being selected early, you know, him coming to Utah had an impact on Clark Phillips coming to Utah uh, with with what Coach Shaw and, and their uh, pitch to Jalen. It was essentially the same thing for Clark Phillips. And now that Coach Shaw has that bullet point of Jalen Johnson, whenever he selected, saying, look, this is what I did, you know, with, with this type of talent, we are going to develop you and, and make you an early round draft pick. Um, you know, that's going to have an impact down the road as well. So everything continues to look on the up and up, you know, and, and when you look forward to next year, you know, there's still a, a number of prospects uh, for Utah that could be drafted next year. And so it's just everything, like I said, just continues to trend the right way and, and uh, the way you would expect one of the top programs in the Pac-12 to do. Um. If you don't follow Steve on Twitter, then you're doing yourself a disservice. At sbartle247 is where you can find him. And as I scroll through your Twitter feed, Steve, there's, there's a number of great content that uh, you guys over at Zone have written, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I, I also happen to, know, to notice a tweet from you, uh, short and simple, to the point, which, which is why we all love you, but it said, worst first round ever. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, 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 don't, I, I think I might have to disagree. Now, granted, I would have loved for Jalen to get picked up, right? You know, so I guess if I can look past that, I loved this, this first, the first ever virtual NFL draft. I was a big fan from from Vrabel uh, with what was that Iceman in his background. <laughs> chewing a big gagger and spitting that out. And then there was Sean Payton. From, um, from of course, the Saints, who, who has recovered from coronavirus, which is great to see. He had uh, – <laughs> so I guess the NFL sent a memo to all the players. Um, it, from what I read, it didn't say coaches, but I imagine the coaches got word as well. And it said, you know, whatever you have on the camera, can you just try and make sure that all of the sponsors are those that spend money with the National Football League? So Sean Payton says – you know, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a can of Crush, which is uh, a Dr. Keurig uh, or a Keurig Dr. Pepper product, which is a uh, a rival to Pepsi, and he also had a Coca-Cola, which is a rival to Pepsi. And then, just to cap things off, he had some Twizzlers, right? And uh, they're of course a competitor to the sponsorship of. Mars, which uh, which was interesting. So Sean Payton blew it. I'm not sure if he's going to cop a fine. I feel as though he he shouldn't. He doesn't warrant a fine. The man just uh, the man just beat coronavirus for crying out loud. So can we cut him some slack? But it was um, I really enjoyed it. And then the awkwardness of Roger Goodell trying to talk off script without you know without anything to read off. 
was remarkable. He um he said that the Las Vegas Raiders will host the 2020 mm-hmm. NFL draft, even though we were right bang smack in the middle of the 2020. Mm-hmm. He meant the 2022. Uh, but I digress regardless. Roger Goodell uh, tried really hard. It almost looked like he had a couple ales in his belly that he, uh, maybe he was nervous. <laughs> I'm not sure. He was, he was got to loosen up deep. a little bit. Yeah. Got to loosen up a little bit. Get the liquid courage. But back you to know? your, uh, back to your tweet. Why, why did you not like it? Uh, well, look, I'm a Chargers fan, Tom. And oh. when, when you look at what the Chargers did, in, in this first round by selecting a quarterback. And, you know, we don't need to go into into who that quarterback was, but, you know, he happened to play for Oregon. And, you know, that that hurts. You know, that hurts. And, and so that was part of my tweet. Uh, but last night was interesting, and, and I'm glad that you brought this up. It was so fascinating to watch this virtual draft, right? This is so unique. Uh, I, never been done before, right? Like this has been – quite the ride. I enjoyed last night seeing the players with their families. Um, it was cool to share those moments um, with them. And, you know, I love the fact that they, they honored, you know, those on the front line throughout the, throughout the event. That was great. And, and a nice touch. They had to do that, but uh, still it was, it was good to see them, you know, pay their respect to those people that are, that are fighting this fight against this pandemic. Um, but it was, you know, so last night was, was interesting. Most of that tweet was just my pain of being a Chargers fan and just, you know, that disappointment and also Jalen Johnson not being selected in the first round, you know, I'm just so excited for him and and for his future. And, and, you know, you want to see these guys, you want to see the guys that you cover the guys, you know, Tom, that you're close with your former teammates and that kind of thing. You want to see them have that success. You want to see them drafted early. You want to see, um, you know, their names called, uh, and, and all that kind of thing. We just didn't, you know, unfortunately we didn't see that last night, but, but I'm sure we'll see it tonight and, and we'll see it a handful of times with, with, uh, with some of the guys available. So, so yeah, so it was it was an interesting night for me personally, but overall, I, I think uh, last night went about as well as you could have hoped with you know everything considered, right? I, I think that's that's the biggest takeaway is that everything went well um, and and as close to script as possible. As close to script as possible is correct. No, it was. Um, I think more than anything, Steve, it was just. It was just nice to have something live yeah. happen. Yep. And it you know it wasn't even you know live sports necessarily, but to know that everything unfolding was was happening in real time um was uh, somewhat therapeutic for yeah. most people I imagine. Um and 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 that was that was really fun to see. Uh, and and of course you mentioned the raw reaction of of players and, and coaches mm-hmm. and general managers making the phone calls, answering the phone calls, the delight from the families is, is truly a, a sight to behold and something that, that, that they'll never forget. And for good reason, because, you know, it is, it is such an honor. It is such a privilege to, to play in the national football league, let alone get drafted in the first round. And, um, and so for me, more, more than anything, you know, the hiccups along the way, I was, 
I was really hoping as well Dr. Anthony Fauci would announce a pick when he popped up on the screen. I thought, here we go. Here we go. The old Badger's about to announce something, which is, uh, which is great. He didn't, which is a shame. But it was, it was just fun to see live, live reaction, right? Did I lose you, Steve? Oh, there you go. Tom, Did you I... froze on me. Sorry. I'd... Okay. Woo! That was close. That was you just froze. That was, that was, we're good. We, we made it through. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hiccups. Yeah. <laughs> how did you uh i guess was it was it enjoyable how enjoyable was it for you lastly uh before we wrap this thing up to 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 just see the live reaction from everybody was that was that nice oh, that i you know loved it uh love seeing that love seeing the reaction it was kind of like it was a little weird though like me and me and kendra were watching watching it and you know, she kept talking like, man, they're not excited. Like, did you notice that at all with the players? Like, it felt like there was no excitement, you know, as they're there with their families. For some of them, like Joe Burrow was, you know, he was just selected first overall and there was like no excitement. You know, Tua Tonga Vailoa, there was no excitement. But then you got later on into the into the round and there were some genuine reactions. And it was cool to see that and uh, and, and to share those moments with those guys. That's what I'm excited to see. Um, you know, later today, you know, as we're talking about the Utah football players, because like, like I said previously, these are guys that we've covered for the last four years. A lot of Utah fans identify with this group, have attached themselves to this group more than, than any other past group, right? Like this was a group that we saw from their freshman and sophomore years that can played a significant role at Utah over the last two to three years. and to get to see their reactions later today, uh, I think is going to be truly special for Utah fans, um, you know, for the coaching staffs, for the other players and teammates. Uh, it's going to be special to see them cash out on their hard work um, and, and what they've done to build the Utah program to where it is now. They, they were tremendous uh, during their time on the field. Uh, they were uh, – just crucial to the growth of the program. They gave Coach Whittingham and the entire staff everything that that they were capable of, and it's going to be fun to see those players' reactions. Jalen Johnson, Zach Moss, Terrell, you know, Julian, Lecky, all of those guys. It's going to be fun to see those reactions uh, in particular, just because of you know how attached we are to these guys. Yeah, I am. Um... I agree. I also thought, I forget his name, I apologize, but the Alabama, I think he was the Alabama wide receiver that was wearing a robe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, All right, we got a little swagger. It's the, it's the most typical wide receiver move, by the way. Total diva, total diva, uh, you know, rocking the robe, uh, just what exactly what, especially from the guy that ran the fastest 40 time, you know, in the combine, of course he would be the one to rock the robe uh, and just swagged out. Like just, that was, slick. that was pretty, pretty, pretty slick. Yeah. I also think like, you know, there are certain messages that are sent. So for example, you know, Baker Mayfield two years ago when he was drafted number one overall, he had his entire city in his living room. Like there wasn't anybody that didn't know, or, you know, if you'd met Baker Mayfield once, I'm sure mm-hmm. he invited you 
to his living room, whereas Joe Burrow had his mum and dad. That was it. And I, and I actually think, you know, there, there are messages that are sent and, and they do give a pretty good indication of what that play is all about. And I don't want to bash on Baker Mayfield because um, that's not what I'm, what I'm here to do. But, you know, I do think or I do question at times, you know, what, what is his motivation? You know, does he really love the game? of football or is he, is he more in it for the advertisements and, you know, kind of, I don't know, maybe the money, he's in it for the money. Uh, but it just seems like his head isn't quite as screwed on as Joe Burrows is. He's very down to earth. He's very rock solid. He knows what he's trying to do. He's, he was just drafted to his hometown team, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, which I'm sure he's elated over, but he didn't really show it, which I thought was unique. I thought that showed a lot about uh, who he is as a person. And I do think that Joe Burrow will have success at the Bengals. Uh, it might not come immediately. You know, it's, it's the National Football League and you play the quarterback position, which is incredibly difficult. But he, um, he seems to be a winner. And, and I think the Bengals picked up a, um, a really talented player and one that can, can hopefully transform that franchise who's been down in the depths for many, many years. Steve, anything else? Any lasting comments from you as we enter day two and three? Have you, have you changed your mind on any Utah players that maybe you didn't think were going to get drafted and, and now you do, or are you still pretty set? Uh, I'm still pretty set. So I, I think I had eight guys being drafted, uh, right? Jalen, Zach, Terrell, Bradley, Julian, Leckie, Francis, and then I think Javelin or Tyler, I think one of those guys are going to be picked up. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the eight uh, that I said previously. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see Jalen selected in the first, but he's still, you know, one of the top talents at cornerback. He's going to be selected. Uh, and yeah, so I, it's going to be fun to see how many guys are taken tonight. Um, you know, we could see, you know, as few as two, as many as six, you know, who knows what we'll see tonight. Um, so it's going to be wild. It's always a wild ride. But, you know, I'm going to stick with my previous prediction that eight Utes will be drafted uh, this year. So I'll, I'll stick with that. Of the eight that you mentioned, there are a couple that are an outside chance. John Penasini being one of them. Yes. Uh, John Penasini was invited to the Combine, which should tell you that there is interest out there. And if his agent does a half-decent job, then hopefully he can attract the attention of at least two teams. When you can have two teams kind of fighting for you, specifically the longer the draft goes, they, um, they do have a tendency to kind of move up the board and, uh, and pick you right before the other team that they know has interest in you. Um, assuming that they think they're going to pick you there. So maybe John Penasini, Darren Polo's another guy that that's potentially going to get drafted. Javelin Guidry, by the way, we haven't had much of a conversation with him. I think it's, Really fascinating that he decided to leave Utah when he did. Um, he's got incredible speed. I mean, it's you know some of the best speed that this draft class has to offer. So I do think that even if he goes undrafted, Steve, I think he lands on a 53-man roster because he's going to have a part to play on just about every special teams unit. Um, and that can take you a long, long way in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I still don't necessarily understand why he left as early as he did. I figure, you know, the Utah coaching staff, specifically on that defensive side of the ball, the likes of Sharif Shaw, are so good at developing players that one more year in the Utah football system for Javelin Guidry 
would have would have I assume had him predicted as a mid-round guy, you know, anywhere from three to five. But instead, it's uh, it's likely he he goes undrafted. It's going to be tough, man. And this is, you know, we talked about the risk uh, evaluation, you know, with a guy like Jalen Johnson in the first round. I think Javelin kind of did the same thing with his own, you know, you know, with his own potential next year of saying, like, look, like, I just played Nickelback for one of the best defenses in the country this past season. We lose a lot in the secondary. We lose a lot, you know, just on, on the entire defense as a whole. What is, what is the impact going to be next season? How, how good can this defense be next season? And with Utah, like, obviously they're going to drill, you know, this defense and they'll, they'll be, you know, average above average and they'll be better than many expect them to be. But I think Jav kind of did a little self-assessment of where he's at in his game and, you know, just said, you know, the risk reward type of a thing. I, I feel like I need to cash out. So, you know, I understand why he, he made the decision to leave. Um, you, you would have hoped that he would have stuck around. I, I know some people have suggested that, you know, if he make the move to to outside cornerback, that that would help him. And and I disagree. I don't think that does because the NFL has certain prerequisite uh, uh, physical measurements that they require at certain positions. And he's just not a fit at outside cornerback. And so, if anything, that would probably hurt his stock more. And so, I think he just said, like, look, like I've I've hit. I've hit as, as it's going to be as good as, as it's going to be uh, after this season. And, and I think I, I got to take my chance this year. And, and luckily like he, he knew what he had to do with the combine. He had to put up some ridiculous numbers and he did just that, right? He ran the four, two, nine, the four, whatever the official time was, but four, two, nine, unofficially, officially, whatever. He put up a, a ridiculous amount of bench reps uh, for a guy his size, I think, what was it, like 22 reps? Like, it was absurd. Yep. And so that's that's going to help him stand out when guys, when you know, when these organizations get into the later rounds and they're looking for guys, that's going to stand out to these uh, to these teams, you know, as they look for really kind of niche roles, you know, in these later rounds, guys that can fill niches, whether it be special teams or whether it be in special uh, defensive packages like Dime, Jav is is a unique athlete, and and that's going to stand out. So I think you know I, we'll see what happens. We'll cross our fingers he gets selected, but you know it, whatever whatever happens, he'll have the opportunity to keep playing football in the National Football League because he'll have the opportunity to then be an undrafted free agent and kind of pick you know the best opportunity for himself. Right. Yeah, he might not be a lockdown corner. Right. But uh, I know Coach Whittingham, he's gone on the record to say that the, the position of nickelback is actually harder yes. than the cornerback position because you don't have a sideline to yep. to use as your friend. You're kind of out there and you know, you're, you're guarding some of the best and most athletic uh, offensive weapons from the opposing team. Um, and they can go left, they can go right, they can go down mm-hmm. the seam. I mean, they can go anywhere. Whereas as opposed to the outside, you kind of, you like to, to use that sideline as your friend. If you can push your player uh, yeah. or the wide receiver rather towards the sideline, then, you know, you're putting yourself in a good position to make a play. So hopefully NFL teams can realize that and hopefully Javelin can get picked up as yep. the NFL draft concludes. Hey, uh, lastly, Steve, um, be sure to check out castlesports.com at 4 o'clock today 
uh, and continuing into Saturday, we uh, we're doing this NFL draft round table. So uh, both pre-draft and post-draft, it's a live Facebook live video that you can check in to and uh, listen to some of the guys talk about their opinions on the NFL draft. There'll be plenty to talk about over the next couple days. You, my friend, have to pack your bags and uh, get back to Salt Lake City. So, Got to go uh, golfing. Oh, yeah. Got to, yeah. Not golfing. Going back to Salt Lake City. That's what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Although we can golf when you get out here. And uh, I'm thrilled to hear. Uh, we had this conversation off, off, the, uh, off the record, I guess. Oh, not off the record, but off the microphone. That you, you you went out for the first time in eighteen yep. months, Steve. Yep, yep, yep. And now I, you're and I only I only lost eight balls. That's it. So um, 18, 18 months, eight balls. That's a good ratio. I'll take that. I'll yes. take that. Yeah, no, you. We'll get out a bit more, and then maybe one day um, I'll have you out on uh, onto the Ogden Country Club. We'll have you on as our Love special it. guest on the golf show, the Hallowed Grounds. Anywho, you drive safe. Um, and for all our listeners, in the meantime, check out utone.com, kslsports.com. For all your Utah football information, there aren't any better digital platforms in the entire market. So uh, if you're not a part of them, then uh, you're doing something wrong. You're not living right. So yep. anyway, Steve, it's been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully next week, let's, by the way, let, next week, assuming you get back, to Salt Lake City over the weekend. Let's uh, let's do our podcast next week earlier in the week, so we can kind of break down everything that occurred over the weekend and fill Perfect. our beloved listeners in that way. Perfect, man. Let's do it.